looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post, 18th of December, and uh, an excellent day of racing at Eagle Farm yesterday as we worked through the Queensland Racing Summer Carnival. We're at the halfway mark, and as Nathan Axelby joins me here in the studio at Ann Street, as I said, a good day of racing yesterday. The, the gold edition uh, had a lot of conversation, a lot of scenarios. Uh, in the end, uh, it was a lot of outsiders' result, but I suppose there was only six runners. It was $9 in assembly, so it was the second outside of it. It was a fascinating race. It was a fascinating race from start to finish. A bit of action at the start with Golden Boom slow away, so that changed the, the, the picture of the race. But uh, full credit to the winner, now three from three. Exactly right. Uh, of course, the Grand Prix was the group race yesterday, and no surprises there. You were spot on yesterday on radio when you said that the $1.65 Kovalika wouldn't last. That was certainly the case, $1.45, and it uh, won. We'll have a chat with Jimmy Orman during the program. You speak about end assembly. We'll try to have a chat with Ben Curry, who represented the stable yesterday, and also Justin Stanley. I'm sure there's a good story there, partnering end assembly to victory. And, of course, you called it, maintained his very good form. Uh, we'll have a chat with Mel Eggleston, who represents the Chris Lee's Gold Coast stable. Michael Carr was in the saddle, and uh, he bolted it. He certainly did. Um, he's just kept going bang, 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 hasn't he? Up the ladder, up the ladder, and in better grade yesterday, he handled it with aplomb. And we'll also put a ch- call into BJ, <coughs> Brian Smith. He's done a fantastic job with this ex-Victorian Alberg, arrived here with a rather maligned reputation because he'd only won, I think, one race from 30 starts or something. Well, BJ is doing his best to turn that strike rate around bit by bit. Brian will be 90 by the time he gets to a good strike rate. But nevertheless, he can't he can't do any more than what he's doing now. So we're going to uh, deep dive into this Eagle Farm meeting and, of course, uh, listen back to some highlights from Royal Ramick and Flemington. Before we start, though, um, very sad news about Apache Chase breaking down, which, of course, now rules him out of the King of the Mountain. Yeah, it's horrible. He's been one of our best horses here in Queensland for the last two years. That happened um, early yesterday morning on the dirt at Eagle Farm, obviously being readied for that that king of the mountain. So he went to surgery yesterday, and we wait for further news on that. Um, but you, you, had, you, you could see with Desley Forster yesterday, and then the frustration bubbled over when couldn't refuse, got beaten mm. a lip, and, um, you know, because we know how much passion she puts into it all. So certainly thoughts with all of the people associated with the horse. And just one other point, and I'll talk about this more on Press Room tomorrow in, in some detail, quite a... Well, not well. yes, it was an unusual situation. There was a dead heat at Flemington. That's sort of unusual itself in these days. But then <coughs> the stewards protested uh, against the uh, one of the dead heaters for excessive use of the whip by the jockey Blake Shin and once they protested, it was going to be long odds on that it was uh, upheld, and that was the case, and... That created a lot of conversation in social media channels and, and other channels yeah, yesterday. I know that you're champing at the bit to discuss that tomorrow. I thought, one, what I will say, Blake Shin spoke to press after it, and I thought he spoke uh, very, very well. Um, there was no bitterness in what he said. He took responsibility and you know, was apologetic to connections and those who backed the horse. So that's the comment I would make, that he, he handled it very, very professionally. Mm. It seems to be an issue that, that is polarising. You either think that the wrong 
decision was made, that there shouldn't even have been a protest or the right decision was made. And that made. was borne out, as you say, on social media because the, the, the opinion is far from unanimous. Mm. We'll talk about that tomorrow morning on Press Room, amongst many other things. A lot happening over the last week. But let's go to the racing action from Eagle Farm yesterday and we'll go to the gold edition, the listed event. Only a field of six, but as we said, created a lot of discussion. Golden Boom was the favourite. $2.25, he missed the start. In the straight, steady, ready, led the way, but Golden Boom is monstering him on the outside and going to the lead. Running on his end assembly. They're followed down at the head of the others by XO Lady. Golden Boom in front. End assembly is trying hard. Golden Boom, time to stand up and be counted. End assembly is coming though. Golden Boom in front. End assembly went home too well and beat him. End assembly, that's brilliant. Beat home. Golden Boom, XO Lady, steady, ready. Zend, uh, well, back was Johnny Rocker and spiritualised tailed off last. Yes, end assembly. Justin Stanley riding for Mark, trainer Mark Curry. A $9 chance uh, getting down Golden Boom who, as I said, missed the start, encountered a wide run in what was a strong gallop and was vulnerable, was uh, susceptible at the end. It was end assembly, the one out of the ruck that, that beat him home. Let's have a chat with Ben Curry representing the stable. Ben, good morning. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Good morning, guys. Hey, um, we've seen this horse, uh, people who do the form and whatever. We saw two wins in Toowoomba. Um, he, he monstered, he, he, he bashed up those horses up there of lesser quality. Uh, on one occasion there, the time was very good. In fact, not far off the track record. But we see that. We see Toowoomba, uh, you know, weak opposition, let's be fair. Whole different ball game yesterday. Going into the race, what was the expectations of the stable? What did you think of your chances in that race? Yeah, no, we thought it was a good chance. Um, obviously, the horse had shown us quite a bit. Um, I thought that he set up really well to run well. I just thought that the 1,200 was always going to suit him. Uh, we expected there to be a lot of pressure with spiritualised golden boom and steady ready um, all in the race. And I just thought the setup that those couple of horses that were favoured had, uh, 1,000 to 1,200 a month between runs and steady ready was... 900 to the 1,200, three weeks between runs. I thought our horse with the two 1,100-metre runs at home was, you know, positioned well to be strong late, and um, that's sort of how it played out. Ben, he didn't debut until 12th of November. I see $1.80 that particular night. At that time, before his first start, did you think that... Did you have any summer ambitions for him at that time, or was it that particular performance that put it on the radar for you? Yeah, no, we, we were just sort of happy to take things as they came. Um, we're obviously pretty confident he could win on Debu and the starting price probably um, shows that. But, um, you know, we, you know, with these sort of horses, they show you quite a bit at home, but you just keep lifting the bar and, um, you know, he was able to take a big step yesterday. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when I did the form on this race, there were eight runners in the race. And I had a look, careful look at his runs into Woomber and he was very authoritative. But he does, or he did have a habit on each occasion of not, not getting away too well and then having to gather momentum. And I was thinking to myself, in this sort of race, if he happens to miss away, um, you know, he could get into a bit of strife for the wrong spot. But it's amazing we went down to six runners, and with that really good speed, every horse had the, had its chance, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, Tony's horse was a bit unlucky. Um, you know, we're not, you know, we're not discounting that. He, he had to work, and he was sort of a sitting shot for our guy. But, you know, he, he relaxed really well. And like you said, he, I think he took a step... Um, you know, with his manners again yesterday, he began a lot better. He travelled beautifully in the run and he was nice and strong through the line, which is probably the, you know, the most happy thing for us. 
And tell us a little bit about the ownership um, team in this horse. There was a lot of very excited, uh, look like young blokes down there in the mounting yard after the after the race yesterday. Yeah, I don't think I've um, probably ever seen an ownership group so sort of happy and loud after a race before. But um, yeah, I trained the mare a while ago. Um, we just bought her as a tried horse um, and all the guys that are in end assembly were in her um, and they bred from her. This is the second foal that they've raced out of her and um, you know, it's probably a bit of luck, but she's produced a good one, and you know they're all happy to come along for the ride. And um, they were very excited yesterday. And obviously, with the two wins on the board, um, they all came there with some expectations that he'd run well. And you know, the race has been talked up a bit with um, you know Tony having a really good opinion of his, and, and we know that Tony and Madison have a really good opinion there. So it was a pretty sort of you know big expectation race and a big race, and they're all very excited to um, come and watch him watch him perform. And you know, he was able to get the job done, which was really good. I think if there's an honourable mention to the best on ground in the present in the uh, post race was who was did, I need you to name him this morning because he deserves to be named because he's handled this very well. The man who crashed to the uh, the floor of the enclosure as they went past the post. Who was that? Yeah, Jack Price. His name is. He's um, actually with me now. We're just heading back to Toowoomba, but um, he's been he's a good mate of mine, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. He's raced a lot of horses, and um, yeah, he was very excited after the race. You said that um, you um, trained the mayor. The decision to go to outreach, who, who made that call? Yeah, to be honest, I had not, nothing to do with any of that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they came up with outreach, but you know, obviously, it was a good move. Exactly right. So, what so what happens now after after yesterday? Where do we head now? What do we do? Or do we do anything? Yeah, we possibly might go to the Vogue in two weeks. Um, obviously, thirteen fifty. I don't think that'd be any drama for him, and it's a big money race. Um, we're probably mindful that you know he's had a three runs now and it's his first race in preparation so we'll just see how he goes at home over the next week but you know the amount of money on offer there is you know pretty incentive in a pretty big incentive for us to go there but we'll just see what happens over the next week very good day for the stable at eagle farm you went close to winning the last to, to almost make it a triple but chatty lady she was a good three-year-old last year she's she's come back really well winning first up at 1200 meters yeah, no, we're really happy with her. Um, we thought that she'd made some physical improvements in preparation. She'd come back a bigger, stronger mare. Um, we just thought that maybe she might take a run. She sort of in the past has taken one run to sort of get to a peak and being such a bigger mare this time around, we're a bit mindful of that. But, um, you know, really exciting to see her win on debut because, uh, you know, first up, sorry, because I think that there's a fair bit of improvement to come fitness-wise with her. There's still five slots left in the King of the Mountain. It's only two weeks away. Is there any hope at all? I see she's in markets. Is there any hope at all that she could get a slot or secure a slot? I think so. Um, we're pushing for that a little bit. I think that similar to end assembly yesterday, she's going to be really strong at the 1200 up there. Um, she, you know, likes her home track. I think there's a bit of an advantage in that as well. Um, but you know, it's sort of up to the slot holders. But you know, she's ready to go. She's nice and sound, and I think she'll take a lot of improvement out of that fitness wise. So mm. I think she'd be more than um, competitive if she did get a slot. What's the discussion like up there on uh, on the downs, Ben, in regards to this King of the Mountain? Obviously, what happened yesterday with Apache Chase has opened things right up. I imagine there would be plenty of jostling done yesterday and in the days ahead in, in you know, in, in connections, um, you know, putting their own horses up and, and also the slot holders desperately seeking a, a, a horse that's going to be competitive in it. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, created a lot of hype and a lot of talk in Toowoomba and in Queensland racing, which I think is great. Um, Obviously, big race on our home track, so you know we're pushing to get as many horses there as we can. Uh, money's very good, um, but yeah, 
I just think it's a really good incentive. It's a good race, and hopefully we can have a couple of runners in it and be competitive. Of course, you've got Jay Sweebell in. She's going okay? I think she's going really well. We've just had a pretty average prep with um, probably a couple of wrong calls and a bit of bad luck. Um, we're really happy with how she's going. The 1,200 will definitely be, you know, a new challenge for her, but I think, yeah, she's an older mare that she should be able to handle that. And Like I said, I think being the home track, she's she's advantage there and she's definitely a class mare. Good on you, mate. We'll try and get the video to send to Jack of uh, how we performed yesterday when they went past the post. It was quite spectacular. That'd be good. Thank you. Good on you, mate. There is Ben Curry joining us this morning. Well, of course, Ben representing the stable. Mark wasn't there yesterday. Let's have a chat with the rider, Justin Stanley. Good to have him on past the post. Justin, good morning. Uh, morning, guys. Congratulations. Uh, what were your expectations going into the race? You'd, you'd obviously seen the two two performances. What did you think? Um, yeah, look, I was confident that he'd run really well and um, that he'd get the 1,200 and be really strong through the line. Obviously, it was a bit of a step up in, in class from Toowoomba, but, um, you know, he'd, he, he'd ran well, a uh, good time, and... Uh, he'd won impressively, and you can only sort of beat what's in front of you. So um, I was always confident that he'd run well, and you know, it just depends on how he sort of stepped up and handled that um, rising class. Nick Hill rode him in those two Toowoomba wins. How did it come about that you would get the ride yesterday, Justin? Oh, look, I've um, just a bit of luck, I suppose. I've been riding, doing a little bit of riding for the Curry Stable the last sort of six months up at Toowoomba and, and around the Provincials, and um, I actually rode a winner for um, Jack Turbo Art, and um, yeah, it sort of just come about through that. Um, after it won the first start in Toowoomba, he rang me and said, if it goes to town, sort of, would you be interested in Ryan? And, um, it obviously had to win, win well the next start Toowoomba and, and sort of, um, prove that it might deserve a shot. And I said, definitely. I said, just talk to the stable and, and Ben and Mark and if they're happy to put me on, I definitely sort of, um, jump at the chance to him. I think he's, he's a horse on the up and, he just looked very raw um, on his wins at Toowoomba. It looked like he had a lot of ability and, um, yeah, just jumped at the opportunity to get on a decent horse in town. For year after year, you've been the have saddle, will travel, and you're still happy doing that routine? Yeah, look, um, it's a bit of a lifestyle thing. Um, sort of, I suppose a big fish in a little pond. I've always sort of struggled with weight. I can, I can ride heavy up there. I don't have to weight as much, so um, it leaves, you know, a lot of spare time extra in life to spend with, like, um, down home with my wife, Mandy, and, you know, you're not spending so much time in the saunas and wasting and sweating and walking around the track and all that sort of thing. And um, obviously the jockey pool's a bit smaller up there. I can get a, get a lot of good rides and just really enjoy it. Uh, but always, always sort of still relish the opportunity to come to town and ride down here when I get the opportunity. Um, yeah, so but sort of happy the way things are at the moment. Uh, Justin, you've been able to overcome you know, a number of you know, serious injuries through your career. David and I were just talking earlier this morning. What's it been like the last couple of years? You spent a time away from, from racing with injury? Or what, just yeah, update us on look, what's happened there. Mate, I've probably had a really bad luck of run throughout my whole career. I've had a lot of injuries, um, probably more than my share. But, yeah, even the last few years, um, like the last four or five, five seasons, have been my best by far. But um, the last... A couple have both been uh, halted through uh, injuries. Uh, I had a Fort Gatton, um, oh, probably 80 months, two years ago now, and was going really, really well. And, uh, I think I'd rode 99 winners at the start of April. Um, you know, so I sort of, sort of had four months left, and I was sort of looking at trying, you know, 
hoping to ride sort of 130, 140 winners, and um, it looked like that might be, be an achievable goal. But yeah, yeah had a fall at Gatton, um, had a, a semi-serious shoulder injury, required sort of um, a, a fair bit of surgery, and was off for about sort of six to eight months. And um, yeah, so they just got going, and then again at the end of last season, um, I just had a couple of um, soft tissue injuries with my wrist and knee that just required a couple of months off as well and sort of stopped momentum and had to start again. But, um, yeah, I haven't probably really had a an injury-free season for probably four or five years, you know. Um, I think I'm getting a bit older too, and I joke to my wife, every time I fall off, I sort of I tend to hurt something these days, whether it's, um, yeah, you know, so i just got to try and stay on them. How old are you, Justin? Uh, 42. Ah, oh, no, hang on. Forty-one. I'm forty. I'm forty-two in a couple of months. Yeah, must be some head injuries there as well, eh? Yeah, yeah. I've had a plenty. I've had a few knocks, mate. Yeah, a couple of banks of the head. But, but uh, just going back to what you were saying before, I, I think you've got the, the model exactly right. You're riding where the opportunity is. Uh, you enjoy that, but you don't want to just take a ride in the city for a hundred to one chance. Let's be <clears> fair. So, if a, if a good opportunity comes along, you'll seize it and. That's been clearly evident yesterday. So congratulations, mate. It's always good to, to see you win a race in the city and we know your riding skill and continued success up north. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Like you said, it's just good to um, and get an opportunity in town and sort of um, let everyone know that I do ride all right. I can still sort of hold, <laughs> hold my own against them against them big boys. And, um, yeah, you know, it's and it's always good too. Like you get back in the room yesterday and um, guys like Jimmy Byrne and Michael Carl I grew up with and sort of looked up to them growing up and they... You know, they come and congratulate you and things like that. It's really, um, it means a lot. So, yeah, yeah, very, very rewarding. Good word spoken. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much, guys. Bye. There is Justin. Justin Stanley, of course. Uh, uh, yes, a good rider and winning the race. Let's talk about this race in a bit of detail because yeah. there was a lot of discussion prior. So it's worth um, digging into what happened post-race. Uh, we've talked about it in December. And so we're likely to see him in the Vaux Road, which seems seems a, a natural progression, uh, a group race. Look, I think sometimes in life um, questions are answered in defeat rather than success. And I think Golden Boom's defeat yesterday, which which I'm sure the, the connections didn't want it and were disappointed, but I think he answered their question that he is a very, very good horse. Uh, we saw him bulletproof at 1,000 metres, jumping to the front running time, OK? And he did it twice. He did it impressively. That's why he was the 2.25 favourite. Yesterday, he missed the kick. He was uh, ended up in the wrong spot. Not only was he wide, but he was wide in a strong tempo and only got caught the last 30 metres or so. I thought his run was outstanding. It was a terrific effort, and he I just loved the way he let down. And at Doombin, he puts that race away with a, with a sprint like that. But Eagle Farm, they find them out. So uh, I would suggest that'll be it for him, mm. the curtains for this preparation. He's still there as a $15 chance in uh, Magic Millions Guineas betting. So... I would imagine they'll rule the pen through him in the next 48 hours, but that seems to be... And there's no reason to think they won't pull up stumps now. That was a hard run yesterday. He's done a great job, his first preparation, so I agree with everything you've said there. And more of a question, I suppose, on the stablemate spiritualized, who's never missed a check. Now, he was uh, replated before the race. That's never ideal for punters or anyone connected with a horse. But anyway, that happened. He was outside Steady Ready. This was the, the, the key to the whole race. They kept the lead on Steady Ready. That... I mean, Spiritualized was parked out. I mean, Golden Boom was parked outside the pair, so they went sub-35. But Spiritualized was gone at the turn. The stewards' report says that um, 
Orman jockey Jim Orman was concerned about the horse's action at the home turn, so he was kind to him in the straight, understandably. He thought he might have choked down, so Tony Godland's given an assurance to stewards that he'll scope the horse and see what the see what the story is because it was run out of character. Yeah, hopefully we'll speak to Jimmy Orman later in the program and, and get him to confirm what you've just said there. But like, this is a horse that's gone well at Eagle Farm previously, so it was completely and totally out of character for him. So clearly there's some some issue that happened there. Exo Lady, honest in third. Disappointments, I felt <coughs> steady, ready, was disappointing. And I thought Johnny Rocker was disappointing. He just doesn't hasn't seemed to have captured that, that fantastic first up under Golden Boom. Yeah, I just wonder whether that flattened him, Johnny Rocker, that day. The Golden Boom might have, might have broken him that day because he, he loomed to win him, uh, win that race and then, then he just peaked on his run. Steady Ready, I think you'll find that you know, he's going to be a very good 1,000-metre horse. Mm. I'm, you know, they, they can prove me wrong, go to the King of the Mountain and um, run well in that 1,200-metre race, but he just strikes me as a genuine short courser. And then, like you say, I think... The, the money was there for Johnny Rocker again yesterday. At one Very point, he was um, 10 into 6. He's ended up starting $7. I know that he'd worked really well on Tuesday morning. Barry Lockwood was happy with that, but that's twice now he's gone to the race and disappointed. So I'd suggest they need to just back off him and start again rather than press on. Exo Lady, that's her, probably her mark now. She's just super honest, and she's mm. picked up a nice bit of, another bit of black type there. But all honours, 1-2 have gapped the rest. The time was one nine seventy nine, and the, the last 634. 496, which was the slowest section of the 1,200-metre races, which illustrates how, how quickly they went early and Golden Boom was doing all of that work. Honourable in defeat, but on the day the plaudits go to end assembly, maintaining his winning streak, three from three. Let's go to the listed Loch Ney. This was a good betting race. Uh, they took on Holyfield at Emerald Kingdom, and you called it was a solid favourite. In the straight 400 left to run. Emerald Kingdom seriously challenged by Holyfield. Rainbow Connection coming up outside the pair. You call it runs on. Vico was wider. Then Rabamos and Master Jamie. They got to Emerald Kingdom. Holyfield reached the lead. But you called it given full bore. Went up on the outside and dashed away. You called it with 100 metres left to go. An ever winding margin is going to rub over the lock day. Rabamos railing for second. But you called it in sparkling form and too good for them. Beat home Rabamos Holyfield. Rainbow Connection, Vinco, Emerald Kingdom, and Master Jamie was the last one home. Yes, he's had five starts out of the satellite stable at the Gold Coast for the Chris Lee's uh, stable. Four wins in one second. He got the ball rolling at the Gold Coast in a Saturday race. He was just beaten by Rabamos in a race at Dooman. Then he went to the Sunshine Coast at their carnival meeting a few weeks ago. Then uh, a fortnight later, successful at Dooman. A fortnight later, a winner yesterday. And uh, highly impressive. You have to love his improvement. He's now four from six on on good tracks. His his record is full stop. Is fantastic. And another another you know ripper for Australian bloodstock who just continue to churn out whether they're horses on, from from here or wherever. They just have a knack of finding good horses. Mel Eggleston looks after the uh, Chris Lee Satellite Stable of the Gold Coast. He's our next guest on Past the Post. Mel, good morning. Hey, good morning, David. Congratulations, Nathan. Congratulations to the stable yesterday. Look, he was well-drawn, he was well-weighted, he was in form. I get all of that. But, by gee, the manner in which he won uh, really uh, made a statement. A fast time, 122.01, and, as I said in the broadcast, an ever-widening margin. Uh, yeah, he's, um, uh, Dave, he's just one of them horses that um, that's progressively grown in confidence and um, he's like he just keeps improving like and, and you've seen a lot of the 
handy horses over the years that uh, that's how they go and they and good horses don't run bad races they just keep running better races and better races and um so um he's just one of them horses um that uh has progressed you know they're, they're hard to find but he has progressed you know after he's had quite a few uh issues along the way he came across from New Zealand. He had a couple of starts uh, in Sydney earlier this year, both on heavy 10 tracks, and then he was turned out again. He's just relishing firmer surfaces this time, albeit he was able to win on a soft six at Doombin last time. Yeah. That um, first yeah, up win at the Gold Coast was just a lowly sort of class six. They wouldn't have thought that you'd be getting through to a listed race at that stage, I don't imagine. No, he didn't look like, but he did. He was very tough if you could have a look at that run he was very tough in the run in, in the fight he, he's just got he's got plenty of fight in him and um um but and i said to uh, i think of memory robbie fraud moderating and um he um he said he's tough this horse and that's what he's robbie he said you know he's a very tough horse so um um that's what he shows now that he's um and he's he's he can race He's versatile. He, he can be up or back. It doesn't matter. They went along yesterday, and uh, and uh, you get a horse that can that can kick off in a fourteen hundred that can run on the speed and, and it's got that can run that sectional in the last six hundred. They they win more than they lose. They certainly do. Let's spare a thought for Andrew Madden, who'd partnered him in his past two wins, but he was booked to ride Hal Vorson yesterday at Flemington, and it was a race morning scratching. Yeah, I had to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I had to go around hide all the rope and that at his house and um and turn off electricity and so he'd um he was he was very upset. He's in Australia, but uh that's the way it goes. Mel, you're you're it's, the public um, face of the Chris Lee's stable up here in Queensland and he's been a terrific addition to Queensland racing and adding depth to our races. Uh, anyone who spends time with you know that you've got a million stories from from back in Newcastle. Tell us your relationship with with Chris, and and obviously you'd be quite proud to see what he's achieved as a trainer in his own right. Yeah, it, um, yeah, we go back a long way actually. Um, I uh, when I was thirteen, I uh, rode my horse down to uh, the stables at Newcastle and got a job with his father, and uh, he had six horses in work. He only, did, only had but just been training for about a year then, Max and. Uh, uh, I just I just wanted to get into the racing game. I didn't care what I'd done. So um, actually, when I started there, Chris was one, yeah, one year old. And um, then um, lo and behold, I just went on and and uh, well, Max had quite a few apprentices at the time. So I ended up going to um, end up uh, with Alan Bailey at Wyong as apprenticed, um, and rode a lot of winners trailing when I was there. And uh, then I I went back home and. Um, I went back to work for Max as, uh, when Luston Star was there. And uh, so I rode track work there. And then uh, in between a few things, he ended up form, I ended up forming for him for a long time after that. Um, so, and then I branched out my own. But I've, I've just, we're, we're, we're a very close family. And uh, they're like, he's like family to me, like a little brother. And, um, and uh, I was going to tell you the truth, I was going to retire. Mm. Uh, a few years back, I had enough, and uh, I was just going to retire and do something else. He said, "You're not." Uh, he said, "You're not going to retire," and that's how the, we got the satellite stable going. And um, and it's just at my stage of my life now, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm. But I'm not there. Uh, I'm a sort of uh, 
an assistant coach, if it was rugby league terms, and uh, and I don't have to deal with the owners. Uh, they do all that. I don't have to chase money, and um, it just suits me. And uh, you know, and and it's working. It certainly is. What a, a wonderful opportunity for you. With you, called it, of course. Uh you only threw a late nom in when the when the, the nomers were light, so it's it's paid dividends. Is the buffering a, a logical progression in two weeks' time? Um, David, he's he well, it's it's there. Um, he's thinking about. We're just going to see, um, just see how he does in the next couple of weeks. We, you know, he's just going to see how he is the next couple of weeks, and. Um, you know, it's either how many times you want to keep going to the well with him, and do we want to look to the winter carnival? Um, don't know if he's a. Um, I don't know if he's a straight break horse. I don't. Um, that's sort of, you know, he'd have to qualify and all that. But we're half thinking about uh, uh, the, the archer at uh, Rockhampton. Mm, yep. We uh, we took two up last year, and we drew bad gates. And uh, I think if we would have drew, drawn better, we would have. Um, we would have been in the money there somewhere. They were both two handy horses we took, so just the bad alleys. And uh, so he's contemplating that because he's got people up there with the spots that they want horses to go. And, um, well, you know, you're not going to go up there with a slow one. That's a, that's a race will only get better and tougher. So um, that's an option. So he's just, uh, we just, was, you know, letting him tell us where we've got to go. 100%. I was doing a few figures in my head when you were talking then about Luskin State. You must have a bit of age on you now. <laughs> I'm 63 in about a week. 63 in a week. Happy birthday yeah. in a week's time. You, you're, enjoy, you're enjoying your time. That's what I love to see. If people can enjoy what they do and, and, and you've been given this good opportunity, particularly too with, with someone who's more like family than a friend. So thanks for being with us this morning. Well, thank you for having me, uh, David and Nathan. Thanks, Mel. Talk soon. There is Mel Eggleston joining us. Uh, who looks after that team at the Gold Coast and looks after it very well, if you call it as any uh, <laughs> yardstick. Yeah, it's just, it just was a dominant performance, as you said in, in the call. They, you know, I know Emerald Kingdom's team, they were keen not to go too slow. They wanted to make it a, a solid tempo because they felt that Holyfield was a risk at 1,400. So I think they got that bit right. But mm. what it ended up doing was just set it up for this horse. And in the end, it was up to Rabamos to, to run on at the end when all the others were sort of uh, on empty. Holyfield came back with a bang running that track record in the in the Keith. Now, it just seems to have gone back a bit each run, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he was good at the coast. I think if Brodie Law had his time over, he might have been just got going a little bit earlier there at the Gold Coast when Emerald Kingdom slipped uh, slipped away on him. And, you know, that, that was fast race on a, on a hard track and, and maybe it took the, took the stuffing out of both of them. I hope they fix that track record up at the Gold Coast. Oh, it's a second out. Yes, I know. I heard you yesterday morning. You it's a second were quite out. strong on it. Right. The Group 3 Grand Prix for Ascot Green. And as we outlined earlier in the program, Kovalika was well in the red. $1.45 when the starter said go. Kovalika on the way forward now. Three and four wide coming up to the turn. About five off the lead and Tamil Doodle Doo turned in last position. Cash Me led for home by the 400 metres from No One to Deal on the outside. Getting through there was Candos Cosmos Tradition and Kovalika running on struggling down the outside. Kovalika given full board now by Orman. Raced up and hit the lead. No One to Deal battles on then Tradition whacking away followed by Candos Cosmos and Tamil Doodle Doo. But it's Kovalika in front below the 100. Too classy for them. 
Kovalika burst away and beat no one a deal. Candos Cosmos third. Tabble Doodle Doo from last fourth. Then came Tradition and Gaps Cash Me. Chasing Storms and Four Mile Lane last over the line. This Eagle Farm track is furnished beautifully. Uh, it's now um, uh, widely recognised by jockeys and trainers and the like and uh, evidenced by the great cushion it's got and visually it looks good. But now, Nathan, producing times that we expect and, well, we don't always <coughs> expect a track record. No. To be fair, this distance isn't often used at Eagle Farm, but Kovalika ran 2.959, a broke Weddell's track record, which was set in the Dooman Cup last year when it was run at Eagle Farm. Yeah, horses are letting down on, on it. On a better now, which means the times are the times are quicker. He completes his campaign impressively. Five starts, four wins. Let's have a chat with his jockey, Jimmy Orman, who joins us online. Jimmy, good morning. Morning, Dave. Morning, Nate. Thanks for having me on. I wanted to ask your impression about this horse, and I tell you why. Because we don't have uh, a big bunch of stayers up here, and, and also to a degree, we don't have many young stayers, like three-year-olds. There's there's not many opportunities except at carnival time, so. Can you compare this horse with any horse you've ridden or just, just give us your impressions of this horse? Um, yeah, no, he's, he's really um, doing everything right. And, yeah, I've got, I hold him, hold him uh, high for sure. I think he's a, he's a very progressive um, stayer. And, yeah, he'd, he'd be one of the, be the best um, three-year-old stayer I've ridden. So, yeah, he's um, doing everything right. He looks. He looks like the perfect stayer. He, he races like it too. He just jumps out and drops a bit, and um, when you click him up, away he goes. Barry, I meant you had to get a bit further back than uh, yesterday than you did at Doomben, but uh, he tacked on coming to the turn, and you had a vice-like grip on him when uh, he, he hit the straight. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wasn't really too worried about that. I, I was happy to let him um, go back. I think a lot of People thought uh, they would let him slide forward and sit outside the leader, but um, we were just happy to um, go back and just creep, creep in the race early if the speed was slow. But I thought the speed was okay. I got there a lot sooner than what I wanted, but uh, that was just the horse um, picking him, picking them up so quickly. You've got an excellent association with the Chris Wallace stable. Um, it's something that you're proud of having at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, Everyone wants to ride for Chris, and, uh, yeah, he's a great, great person to ride for. Um, and, yeah, such a great trainer. And, yeah, it's just, um, it's you know, it's a privilege to ride for the horses like that, I suppose, like uh, Kovaliki yesterday. He's just a lovely horse. And, yeah, it's not not often you get to sit on dollar forty pops in, in Group 3 races. So, it's, yeah, like <laughs> I said, it's an honour. As David said, you know, the staying ranks are reasonably thin, so it's hard to sort of know what he's beaten there yesterday. But obviously it gives you the feel and the impression that he will measure up to, you know, presumably he's on to classic races next year, whether that's in Sydney or Queensland. Oh, I'm 100% sure he'll measure up to whatever he... to those races. Um, just because he... Like he got there so easy yesterday, and when when the when that when they just test him that little bit more, and they take those leaders sprinting to the straight a bit more, um, you're going to see him even better because he just he did switch off a little bit when he got to the front. But um, the, like I said, when they take him into the straight a bit more, and I can get to the front at like a, at about the hundred or 150, that's what's going to suit him a little bit better. Like he levelled up to the front a long way out yesterday, and and um, and still won. So. Yeah, I'm sure he's com- he's up to the grade, and um, yeah, like I said, he's the perfect stayer to ride because 
when in staying races, you want them to switch off. You want them to be breathing and, and relax nice. And he does everything right like that. And um, I must admit, yesterday in the race, I he was just going along so relaxed. I, I, did, I wasn't sure how much I had when I when I was going to press the button, but um, when I give him a little squeeze, he just picked up underneath me beautifully. And like I said, that's what you want in those staying races. And he's done this all in his first racing campaign, which is uh, a great indication of his ability. And it's also good that the Grand Prix now has transferred to the summer. There's a bit of discussion about that, whether it should be or not. But anyway, it's there. But it certainly gives connections a good idea of whether horses can stay or not or how well they can stay uh, with a view to, you know, races in the autumn and the winter. Yeah, exactly. I actually think it's a great idea because... um yeah, like you said, you got you. you um, we've got trainers here trying to set three-year-old horses up for derby campaigns in the winter, and we need to know what they can do in, in their staying in their last staying prep before they um, come and race over the carnival. So, um, I think it's a great race to have in the summer. Um, I think I remember winning a staying race on a horse for Matt Crop, Trusty Lad. It mm-hmm. obviously wasn't the um, Grand Prix, but there was another staying race. Um, this time of the year, but what about um, Eagle Way? Eagle Way, that's the race. Yep, and um, yeah, like I said, that gives them the you get a nice, you get a good idea. Like I said, Dave, you get a good idea of what what they've got, and um, yeah, this fella's ticking all the boxes. That's for sure. And that was COVID leaker. Everything went according to plan. There, spiritualised. David read out the the stewards' commentary earlier in the show. Obviously, you knew that things weren't right a long way from home on him yesterday. Yeah, such a shame, really, because I really like this horse. He's, um, he's a serious horse, but just things didn't go to plan yesterday. He's, uh, if you've anyone who's watched uh, Spiritualized Race, race uh, watched all his races, he's a, a high cruising speed horse. Um, and in a six horse field yesterday, I was just, I was hoping uh, it would just work out well for him because he's a horse that once he gets to the front. He, and nothing sort of eyeballing him. Then he gets into a rhythm. He relaxes better, and he can go along good sectionals. He likes running fast races. Um, but yesterday, once steady, ready, like I began fast, and I thought this is good. It's going to work out great. I'll just sort of slide across and take up the lead. But then uh, Angela Jones on steady, ready just squeezed and was um, obviously she was letting it be known that she was wa- wanting to hold lead. Um, and then that just ruined my race because um, my horse didn't really relax and I wouldn't be surprised if he's choked down. But um, I know how good the horse is and I just know that when he can get in the right run race, uh, you, you've seen it um, last prep when he, he raced. Um, his first up run was just got beaten nose to Honeypot, then he come out and won and uh, won again. And that's when he got to the front and rolled along and he was in a better rhythm. Yeah, you, you... You'd sort of have to think, though, that there was some sort of issue uh, because even though he couldn't lead, I get all that. Um, you knew from the turn that, that he didn't feel right, so and you were kind to him too, understandably so. So it just wasn't meant to be, and, and there obviously could have been an issue. Just before you go, uh, Chatty Lady uh, won the first um, uh, good first-up performance. Yeah, and just quickly back on spiritualised, I'm sure when he gets back into the into the race three, um, he relaxes better you're going to see a, a way better performance because he's mm. one of the better sprinters I've ridden for sure. Uh, Chatty Lady was great. Um, got a nice... Uh, settled a lot closer than what um, has pre- in previous um, campaigns, but um, 
talking pre-race, they said um, that Chelly Blady's been a lot more um, forward in the trials. So, yeah, we got a lovely run um, and got to the line good. And looked a little bit um, uh, like it hasn't come on fully in the coat. So uh, it's great. You're going to see a great improvement on that run uh, yesterday. Interesting comment there. 40, win, 40 Metro wins for the season, so you're on target again. You've got a bit of opposition behind you, though. There's a few not far away from you. Yeah, it's good competition. They're all nipping at my heels, which is great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I can only do what I, I'm doing and uh, just keep poking along. And um, just I, my main aim is to not ride bad races, so just try and give every horse every chance. Mm. And if you're doing that, then the um, results will come. Well, naturally, you were a premier jockey last season and you're riding well again this season. But I know even in the last couple of months, a lot of people who speak to me, whether they're punters or non-punters, but, but generally punters uh, who, who might have a good bet on horses, they're so impressed with the way you're riding that you're riding so consistently well. And you've just outlined that yourself there, that you just hope you don't ride a bad race. Well, I can tell you, if uh, those punters are any indication, you don't ride me bad ones at all, if at all. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Much appreciated. There he is, Jimmy Orman, our Premier Jockey, and seen to advantage with a double E yesterday. So, Kovalika, of course, who won last year's Grand Prix was Gypsy Goddess. Yeah, so knowing a deal, she's gone really well there. Mm. So I wonder whether she's capable of, of measuring up to be competitive in some of those um, classic races next year. She's hardly disgraced by him there. You, you made the case for Candos Cosmos yesterday morning who'd run well in the, the group race at Newcastle and she's taken care of him pretty well and she, she didn't shirk a task at all. Jim Burns said the Godolphin runner tradition uh, didn't run the distance. He felt it also had pulled up with mild heat stress. Heat stress. So a steward's notation there. Let's continue on. We'll look at some of the uh, non-black type races yesterday. Let's go to the third. We, we mentioned at the start of the show how Brian Smith is doing a terrific job in the training of Alberk. He was the favourite, but an easing favourite. In the home straight, though, Holstein to Semba Diamond. Akihiro and Alberg. Now they make their runs together, the top pair. Alberg and Akihiro coming after these leaders. Soon afterwards, Alberg on the outside. Raced up and reached the lead for Akihiro. It's going better than Akihiro, then Holstein. But Alberg, the top weight, is racing away from them over the final stages. He's too good for them. Alberg is first. Now second, roller coaster diving through late. Akihiro third. Fourth, possibly Holstein from Chase and Arnie. Then came at the head of the others was Pizzo, followed by Tarex, and December Diamond dropped off and finished at the tail end. Yes, as we alluded to at the, the beginning of the program, Al Burke, under the care of BJ, has had five starts for three wins, a second and a fourth. <laughs> as opposed to one from 30 in his previous life. And um, we'll talk to him about it now, but he, he was itching to get this horse up to 1,600 metres after the, the run at Doombin, where the barrier cruelled his chances there, but he's still terrific at the end of 13.50. And after that day, he said, no, I want to try 1,600 for this horse. And again, there were many people who said, oh, will he run 1,600 mm. metres? I was one of them. This man was adamant in his belief that he would run 1,600. Again, he's proven to be the best judge. Brian Smith, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you? I'm well, and I'm sure well, we're well. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, another win on the board. This has been a very satisfying time with you with this horse. Yeah, it's uh, nice to get one, you know, with ability and, and can participate on a Saturday in town. You credit your, your wife, Emma, for helping find this horse. Darren Wilson um, said that he wanted to give you a horse after you... Allegedly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, allegedly complaining you can't get any horses in the stable. So Darren said, I'll get you a horse. And then Emma's gone on a, a search and she's come up with this guy who's turned out to be an absolute bargain. Yeah, no, well, it's just hard to get nice horses, you know. They just, um, 
I don't know. They think I'm a staying trainer, and uh, you know, since we've been in Queensland, we've won every sort of race. So um, anyway, it was nice for him to uh, put the money up and buy a horse, and I knew that. You know, I didn't want a young one that he'd have to wait for and go shinsaw and everything. So I said, I'll get Emma to look for you one on, online. And uh, then when we saw the horse in Melbourne that had, you know, he had a lot of ability in Melbourne. But um, um, I don't know, he's just um, come up here and um, and got the Queensland weather and the my coloured lights on him to fix up whatever was wrong. And, and um, he's gone on from there. Tell the listeners about the coloured lights, who, of those who don't know about it. Well, frequencies, um, they treat every uh, cell in your body throws off a, a weak light frequency called biophotons. And this man's um, over 20 years has developed what uh, nearly 80 million frequencies to go back and treat that cell. And all my horses have, have it on. And, and uh, it runs through the frequencies and has their cells going around their body good and and we think we can um you know they do improve and they all look good there's not you know it's um barry lockwood's horses are on it as well so um they always look good in the ring and and just to be clear you you credit the same treatment for for you still being here don't you oh well i wear two, two machines on me all the time you know and i've had had a terrible, you know, I went home to New Zealand to die in 86. Um, so um, it's just been um, very, very helpful. But, you know, it's, um, I don't take, um, I take one heart pill every day, but nothing nothing else, you know, and, and I'm 81. So still going to work every day and, and just loving doing what I'm doing. So that's the most important thing. Because he'd only won the one race before you got him, he's still on a, a good mark. You can still find good races for him. He's he'd probably be a mid eighties rater now, but uh, so there's no worries with options. But distance wise, would you be tempted to try him a bit further? Oh, I'd love to. You know, you can only judge a horse on how they travel through a race. And he's yesterday was the first day that he got a few furlongs comfortable, wasn't it? You know, um, mm. he got checked over the back and. To Boris's credit, you know, he's done a marvellous job on him, just under pressure to win, and um, but he still rides the horse in his gear, and he was, said, as long as I'm only giving him four or five lengths turn up home, he'll pick him up in a stride or two, and he's dead right. You know, he's got a look. The horse has just um, got a lovely little turn of foot. He sure does. Um... On a personal note, I, I felt, felt as though that win yesterday meant a fair bit to you. Oh, yes. Well, you know, with you, the press, which they've been great with the horse and a bit of publicity and and um, would he get a mile, wouldn't he get a mile? But um, uh, I can tell you yesterday was the first time and I knew that he's a smart horse, but on Thursday I, I took the odds at $3.20 because I said if I can't break my judgment that he'll get further, well, today's the day, so... After the race, I was quite happy that my bank account was a bit bigger as well. So, uh, <laughs> but you've got to back no, but you've got to back your judgment sometime, and you can only build back it. You know, all right, saying afterwards bad luck and all that. But um, yesterday, I believed he was. Uh, 
Well, if your bank account looking better. I'm sure Darren Wilson's would be as well. You, you said when he bought it, you were, he was keen to have a bet. <laughs> yeah, no, well, he's uh, a lovely man and he helps a lot of people. Very, very nice. Just before you go, speaking about helping a lot of people, you help uh, Richard and Will Freeman very well when they send horses up here, and that's another feather in your cap with Fashion Legend winning yesterday. Yes, well, they, um, they, um, he, he is a very, very, you know, horse that's going to improve a ton with six months on him. But, you know, they're marvellous. They send them up and they know that they uh, get the treatment here and... Um, Kindness, and we've just had him and Albert out on the lawn now, giving them a pick, and and um, so I straight up the race, Will rung and said, "Can you keep him there three weeks?" He said, "We've got, um, we'll run him in some race at the Gold Coast on the 14th." So that was nice. It certainly was. Good on you, BJ. It's always good to see you win. Good to win at this time of year too, around the Christmas time. So we'll keep in touch. Many more wins. And it's always nice to wave, wave to you in the standard Ipswich. I know it is. Thank you very much. Good on you, mate. See you. Right on, mate. Ta-da. See there you. he is, Brian Smith. Great bloke. And uh, you're doing a terrific job with, with Al Burke. Um, fashion legend. So that would be that $250,000 Class 4 race, the Rising, Rising Stars, Star. I think they call it. Yeah, exactly. Because there was some talk about Vaux Rogue. I don't BJ was mentioning that yesterday, but they'll wait an extra week for that Rising Stars race. They'll work something out. We'll listen to one more replay from the meeting at Eagle Farm yesterday. This was a tight finish between two locals and two good trainers. Barry Baldwin and Desley Forster gave us up and couldn't refuse. 300 left to run. Tears of Love full tilt. Tackled the notice by gave us up on the outside. Then could refuse who comes off the inside and to challenge the pair. Pancho can't go on. Greek Hero Street Dancer and Bartholomew Diaz next. 100 left to run. Gave us up the inside. Could refuse the outside. Gave us up and could refuse. They hit it. Fano gave us up maybe from couldn't refuse in a tight one. Not much in it. Greek Hero hot on their heels and Street Dancer not far away. Then Pancho Bartholomew Tholomew Diaz didn't put in, then Tears of Love weakening out of it, followed by Raymond Cash and the last pair, Big Boy Roy and Legulate. Well, as Barry Baldwin said, gave us up a little horse, I think about 460 kg, so uh, way, so going from 59 out of 52 certainly paid dividends, and I reckon they hatched this plan almost after the, uh, the, the race was run last week. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, apparently Barry Baldwin said to uh, Mark Duplessis after the race last week, silly me, he's only a silly horse, 59 kilos. You'd be right to ride him at 52 and we'll, we'll back him up seven days later. So um, another wily old trainer. We spoke to BJ Smith, Barry Baldwin, also very shrewd. And I've got to be honest, I'll speak through the pocket, David. I found that difficult to stomach, that result yesterday. Well, Gave were... us up last week. I was on it, $16 and yeah. SP's at 6 And he just goes pop at the 300 And yesterday I couldn't refuse at $10. And he couldn't get past. Gave us up. who fought on like a Ooh. caged lion. So, a nasty uh, result. It was a very... I took it very badly. But um, credit to uh, credit to Barry Baldwin and, and Mark Duplessis. That was Eagle Farm yesterday. Of course, Dooman next Saturday on Christmas Eve. A short break. And back to listen to a couple of highlights south of the border. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Nathan Exelby. Big card at Royal Ram with guests today. Let's go to the Ranvet Handicap Race 8 on the program.
into the straight and Cole Crusher lays it down to Constant Flight. Coteal giving it a real wind-up giving chase now. Cole Crusher gets two lengths clear from Coteal going to a clear second. They're well clear from the rest of the period making ground on the rails. It's Cole Crusher just in front. Coteal has him in his sights now. Cole Crusher Coteal. Superior might beat the pair of them. Yes! Right on the post. Superium knocked off Cole Crusher about a short half head. Coteal third, followed then by Amish Boy. Further back to Foxfire to Purple Sector, Shameless Miss. Then Constant Flight, Soldier of Love, Shaquiro, and Knight of Power. Something these days you don't hear too often. Superior might beat them all because he <laughs> did win yesterday. Uh, I think the times possibly will probably win assisted. The very quick run here, 120.91. 3364. He was fourth up into his campaign yesterday. The last time we saw him win was actually here when he stormed down the outside on the Hinkler handicap. That's right. June 2021. So uh, it's been a while between drinks. But he did put the riding on the wall with mm. that last start effort, which was quite good. He was on the seven-day backup out of the Razor Sharp last Saturday. Zach Lloyd riding in great form and Team Hawks to the fore there in the training department. This was probably the most exciting horse of the day. Let's have a listen to I Am Me take out race nine. Into the straight now, Mr. Mosaic on the outside of On the Lead. On the Lead being uh, I Am Me, the inside. I Am Me from Mr. Mosaic. Then Wisdom of Water. Now Dehon Unicorn's going back to the inside and is giving chase to I Am Me. I Am Me two in front. Dehorn Unicorn's running out of time. I Am Me holding this two-length margin. And I Am Me, too good for Dehon Unicorn. Third between Hellfest, the inside, and Super Pursuits wide out. Then came on the lead. Further back to Mr. Mosaic. Mosaic, Munition, Southern Lad, Ranting, Noble Soldier, Easy Fire and Wisdom of Water. Super quick time here, 17.77 for the 1,200 metres. Yes, 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 holds the record at 17.32. There was a little discussion about her getting a strong 1,200. She got it all right. J-Mac in the saddle, uh, the uh, one of three winners there yesterday for Mar and Eustace, and she has come back uh, bigger and better than ever this campaign. She's won six of her past eight now. She's travelled around a bit this year, broke the maiden at Canberra, then went to Ballarat and won again, then Flemington, then back up to Scone, and uh, this time she's uh, uh, stayed in Sydney and um, perfect record. So that was some of the highlights from Royal Randwick yesterday, and, of course, uh, from a Magic Millions point of view, snap back on debut, was beaten in the first race, was heavily back. They were happy to take the dollar seventy-five, around a dollar fifty-five, but looked to have every chance, but... Maybe in fairness or in some defence of its beaten performance, the horse that won, I think Chris Waller regards as pretty good, Lagarzo, first starter. Yeah, that seems uh, seems accurate. Moved up golden slipper betting charts off the back of that. So, yeah, we're not a lot the wiser for Magic Millions this week. We saw Wyong through the week, didn't we, David? Where it was a, not an upset result, it was $6 the winner. Mm. Um, I think we're still yet to establish a really strong pattern, so maybe the McLaughlin next Saturday will tell us more. Yeah, I thought it won with something in hand, Sovereign, fun, and one little point, it ran quicker than the benchmark 64, so when young horses do that, that's often an encouraging sign. Good on you, Nathan. Thanks. Thanks, David. Nathan X will be with us uh, today here on Pass the Post. Of course, no Pass the Post next week being Christmas Day, but press room's on tomorrow. I look forward to your company. Then there's a lot to discuss tomorrow about a lot of things that have happened over the past seven days. We'll do it tomorrow with the regular panellists. You have a good day. Bye-bye.